This week on the Southern Pride Philosophy Podcast, a woman splits up with a 300-year-old pirate ghost husband, a Christmas movie bracket, and Chris Litton from Maple Street Biscuit. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckle Studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I am talking about the Bride of Anderson, South Carolina. But most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's Honorable Mention Husband of the Year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one. It's Mojo! Thanks for turn tuning back into this episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have reached the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. As mentioned before, you can find us at the Facebooks at Southern Fry Philosophy. You can go to our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. Let's see, Twitter and Instagram at SFP Radio. You can also go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash SFP Radio, and also our Patreon link at patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. If this is your first time listening, make sure you subscribe to us. Go to our Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and now we're on Spotify. Doom, doom, doom. So you can find us there. Uh, make sure you subscribe, give us a like, share our episodes that you like with your friends and family on the social medias, and please give us a review. We really would appreciate that. I mean, in the past two weeks, we've we've taken over iHeartRadio and Spotify. Yeah. By by taking over, I mean, we've actually got our stuff on there. We, so we, we, uh, we may be taking over Rush Limbaugh's spot pretty soon. I mean, it's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> if you look in the iHeart listings, we're nowhere to be seen. But we're coming we're up, buddy. We're there. We're chasing you, Rush. We're going to take you down. <laughs> Hey, just a couple of things we want to uh, give some shout outs to, to our new listeners in Panama, uh, across the pond in the UK, um, and Lula, Georgia. I have no idea where that's at, but welcome to the show. definitely a southern name for a southern city in the southern state. Yes, sir. I mean, uh, listen, I'm thinking about, when I hear Lula, I'm not trying to, you know, poke fun, but I'm thinking about, you know... Big Mama, what what? Just sitting well, on the front porch. Yeah, I think we mentioned this before. Think about the names that they no longer use anymore. That you mm-hmm. never hear. And Lulu is one of those names that yeah, that that's not around anymore. You don't hear any <laughs> modern children that have that name. So. Yeah, that's true. Very unique. That's true. Hey, if you want to hang out with us, uh, email us at sfpradio at gmail dot com, and you yourself could be hanging out with us in the bad mother smokers smoking hot seats. Right here with us on Wednesday nights while we record the show. Again, we'll give you a bottle of water, heads up, and just a, probably a nice, nice warm hug. And a high five. And a high five. Uh, based on gender and what do you feel comfortable with. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week. Mojo, how you be darn? I have uh, decided that um, I will no longer be the nice person that I am on the highways during this construction for the next century that wow. we're going I, I I will, especially this time of year, Christmas, sure. people feel like they're entitled for you to let them in, mm. and they they do creative things to, to wiggle the way in. So yeah. so for, I posted a meme on, our, so, or on Facebook, right. I will I will run you off the road <laughs> before I let you in. If you, especially if you, 
you have the courtesy. You have a two mile down the road, you see the arrow merge left. Right. So everybody starts lining up. Yeah. Because you don't want to be that jerk. And then all of a sudden, you, so that right lane's free. And you got probably a half a mile before the lane finally ends. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and you see that guy barreling up the road, passing the whole line, everybody. He expects you to let let you in. So, so from now on, no sir. Have you seen the comments though on that post? Yeah, people are very upset <laughs> that you're not applying the zipper method to well, that. But see, not, but the zipper method's okay. But mm. when you, but like I said, when you have two miles stretched back uh, of of one lane, it's kind of single filed, and then you have that other person's opened up barreling down the road like smoking the bandit right. trying trying to skip their the line and, and merge in but i so, think that's the whole point of the zipper is that, no, that's not that zipper. you wait to the last minute and then pull in like if if you have one and the other it would you know be like a zipper but what i'm saying is you have 400 cars lined up and you have that one what, right guy. the that's other 400 the though should be should be well that's true line. but a lot of times you know on a on, on a busy okay. stretch you you have people that want to be courteous and like yeah. all right well i'm just going to follow the leader so, but you have that one guy in the, like I said, in the smoking and bandit car who comes and just, you know, I forget Top it. Down, I'm more important. So I'm gonna, yeah. Uh, the thing that drives me nuts is when, like on Poplar Tent, when you're coming mm. uh, down and then there's a clear double yellow line, mm. but the turn, the, the left turn mm. is way up ahead and right. people drive across the yellow line oh, yeah. and pull all the way through. Like that's where I... Yeah. have no no sympathy for you. Yeah. You have to wait until there's no d- straight line where it's dotted where you can pull in. That's mm-hmm. where I like I get very yeah. angry. I, I get uncontrollably angry when that happens. Oh, I no start doubt. screaming, <laughs> and just because I calm down, but it makes me so mad. Yeah, I agree. I, I get. It. We uh, we just have no etiquette and manners for driving. I don't no, think, so no. I think we should those people. We should make them go back to horse and buggy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You lost your driving privileges, but there's that. So how you be doing? Uh, I'm good. I've been able to catch up on a couple of my shows. Okay, what's uh, that? One in in particular is the the Curse of Oak Island. Oh, they Are still you, haven't found it yet. There, they have been looking for six seasons for this treasure. And well, they I, have found their treasure and contractual obligations on the behalf of the TV channel. Oh yeah, I read an article today where the head guy makes. Five hundred thousand dollars oh, wow. a season for that show. So I mean, they have no incentive to find this thing at this point. Oh yeah, they're just going to keep digging and be- <laughs> dig a te- teaspoon a year, <laughs> milk this thing out for as long as possible. But at, at this point, and, and I said this last season, but if they don't find it this season, mm-hmm. I'm done. So what, what's kind of your wrap up for the season? So spoiler alert: if you watch that show, you haven't caught up. So what's the well the the thing that they've done again? I don't understand this process. Is they both work in 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 energy and uh, mapping of the land to try right. to figure out what's underneath topographical Top, or, or whatever, geographical? Yeah, they both work in that. But then all of a sudden this season, they're doing a like a, a seismic. Uh, 3d image Mm. why didn't you start off with that on season one but they're like oh well we found it this this season and what they said was they used a really like a a six foot wide drill uh and they were going down and what they said happened was when they were going down with a six foot wide drill that it pushed the treasure chest further down oh of course yeah and then now they've got to use a smaller seismic one that doesn't 
do as much damage. It massages the dirt. Yeah, and so this this year they're going to find it by goodness. Well, I, I and, hope they do. And so now there's a, a two hour episode finale coming up. I'm pretty sure that if they found it, news would have broke. Oh, yeah. Hey, we found the Grail. Yeah. So well, because you know that time they quote, they found that quote unquote Roman sword in the ocean or nearby or oh yeah they posted it right on Instagram and Twitter immediately so. Oh, you know, okay, yeah, so you know yeah. that they would probably post something on that, but I think they probably have better luck just using a magic eight ball, trying to find <laughs> trying to find the the you know the spot on the island versus what they're doing. But good doing. gracious, I mean, how long? How, that that piece of real estate has had to have more money per square inch thrown at it. Yeah, in probably the last fifty years, and most pieces of property on on you know in yeah. North America, especially. They they there's this place called Smith's Cove where it's just a cove, mm-hmm. and they have built like a 35 foot wall around it, so that they can dig it out mm. and like a, a coffer dam, uh, yeah. so that no water can get in. 35 uh, foot wall, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> like how much money is this costing? Right. By the time they find the treasure, if they sell it on eBay, they're going to break even. I think. Well, I think point. the show's going to get canceled eventually. It's going to have to. And all of a sudden, you're going to have some like 11-year-old kid Boy Scout out there trying to earn a patch. (laughs) He's going to fall down a hole and discover, you know, Blackbeard's uh, booty. So, yeah. I'm just a sucker for it. I can't stop. uh, But, you know, it is kind of addictive. But also it's addictive because of how they do the programming of it. They they always end on that cliffhanger. Yeah. And, you know, especially when you binge watch. I did three today. I, I'm already I three yeah. I'm already today. four hours in. Why not one more? Yeah, type thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll cut myself off at three a.m. Even though I got to be up at six, I'm gonna cut myself <laughs> off at three. So, but yeah, so. but it's an interesting show. But also just the uh, the history of it. I mean, oh, you yeah. know, uh, FDR. Yeah, you know Franklin uh, Delano Roosevelt. He was on that island. Yeah, he, he actually spent digging. money. He he believed it too. Yeah. So it's just it's just an interesting island. It. The, the evidence that they've come out with makes you think, like, there's actually something there, but just trying to get to it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like the coconut husk. Yeah. How did that get down yeah, there? That, that's not, I don't the think bones. it's. In, I don't think uh, coconut husk is indigenous to Canada. Mm-hmm. No. So. So, who knows? I'm I'm in in for another two hours, and then I think I'm cutting myself off of that. <laughs> is that the end of the season? Two that, hours? Yeah. Well, I think you just so. wait until next season. Yeah. Then I'll be like, hey. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's go into some uh, wacky news. Speaking about horrible traffic and drivers, um, Today, uh, an armored truck spills cash on a New Jersey highway, causing chaos. Um, uh, police said at least two crashes resulted when an armored truck sent $100, $100 bills flying on a stretch of a busy highway. Videos from the scene Thursday uh, show people getting out and running and collecting the $100 bills. Oh, yeah, why not? Um, police said that there's an audit that's going to be conducted and to determine how much money was lost when the truck's rear doors came open and this is the part that owns me investigators are asking anyone with video to come forward and anybody who picked up cash are urged to return the money 
Yeah, you can find that cash officer um, at Amazon headquarters because I spent all of it <laughs> for prime deals. <laughs> if, if say for example they lost, we'll just make it even a thousand dollars. How much of that thousand dollars you think they're going to get back? Uh, zero. Zero. Yeah, that no logical person who come into a windfall of mystery money. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Plus, it 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 there is a law established for those people. It's called finders keepers, losers weepers. <laughs> Clearly, they haven't heard about that <laughs> so, since so, kindergarten. Yeah, I think that I think that has been held up by the appellate court and also the Supreme Court. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, but the thing that kind of worries me though is they they're asking people with videos to come mm-hmm. up so they can be like, aha. Yeah. John Doe, you took that hundred dollars. That's right. And I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you found the hundred dollars and they said, "Hey, give it back," would you? Would you give it back? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you and say no. Probably not. Yeah, I'm, because like if if I'm carrying a trailer full of stuff and something falls off my trailer and just laying in there and the, that's a good point. The highway. I mean. By the time I get turned around and go get it, it's probably gone, yeah. and that's okay. It's my fault that I didn't tie it down. It's sort of, that that me losing that's a direct result of probably a mistake that I made. Yeah, but I mean, this is an armored car. How does those doors just automatically like fly open? Could, you know, I think they probably need to investigate the the armored truck because <laughs> right. either a if it's a faulty lock, they can go back to the the manufacturer, or okay. um, b it could have been like a disgruntled employee who's like mm. on his way out. Was like, I'll show them. They, yeah. They, they uh, forgot to add my overtime in this week, and you know, yeah. bam. So, I mm. I doubt it was just like, yeah. oh, you know, uh, Sam forgot to lock the door back there. It was probably, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying it's probably it's either probably a malfunction or yeah. something out of uh, maliciousness. So, mm. I don't know. I, I, would, I wonder what the, how much they. I, I really truly it would wonder be interesting how, to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's one of those things that you see in movies that you never would think that would happen. Yeah, as far as the money on the highway and people losing their minds, but. Um, yeah, it's, but it's once in a lifetime. So, yeah, I don't know. I would feel too guilty. I'd probably leave, I'd probably give it back. <laughs> I would be like, they're going to come get me. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. the one time be like, uh, big and that's the reason why I, I look up to you. Cause you're a man of man of uh, conviction there. <laughs> so no, I'm no Mr. Morals. I'll tell you that. Um, did you have a, a wacky news? I wonder what inspired this. I, I did. I wonder if this lady found the, the worst tender advertisement ever <laughs> she swiped right when she should have swiped left but here we go woman who claims to have wed a 300 year old pirate ghost now says they have broken up a woman who married the ghost of a 300 year old pirate has now revealed that the couple is split uh, amanda lang 46 first appeared in the spotlight when she legally married a haitian pirate by a shaman priest earlier this year uh, she said she was tired of the physical world men and con- and cons- consequently found love in the ghost of an 18th century Haitian pirate until the, they revealed that they didn't work out with them. I mean, he probably wasn't, you know. Yeah, it's just, How did they consummate that marriage? Uh, well, she gets into that, which is kind of not suitable oh, for work okay. podcast, so, oh, unless great. we want to lose it. But yeah, the pair got, pair got married on a boat off the Irish coast on the international waters. So no. did the pirate have papers? Did he, you know, did he get a visa? Yeah. How do you explain that? Is he part of the caravan? Is he now an Irish citizen? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, he, he married an Irish yeah, citizen. So yeah. Is he now, does he get benefits until he finds work? work? Or is he just going to be continue pil- pillaging? through. Yeah. 
He's probably just going to continue, to, yeah, pillaging, yeah, burning. Well, she was used to a, a certain lifestyle, yeah. based on his income. Yeah, wouldn't that be interesting though? Going to the benefits office and say, like, my husband, you know, he needs to uh, qualify for benefits. Well, how old is your husband? Three hundred years old. <laughs> I'm going to keep an eye on this because I clearly have married like Hugh Hefner, um, you know, FDR, like anybody. Yeah, that's right. I'll take that. So it's it's crazy. Why did I go to guys, though? I can't think of. But imagine like marrying like, quote, unquote, I'm married to FDR's ghost. Mm -hmm. I mean, then you walk up to his like great, great grandchildren and be like, hey, I'm your grandmother. Yeah. I mean, the logic here. So evidently they need to Maybe test her, but this is where the part of the show where I continue to say we have lost our ever loving minds. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she kind of uh, explained that. Uh, so after it was over, she's just warning people uh, to be very careful and dabbling with spirituality is not to mess with. She paid a whopping six thousand dollars to uh, six thousand pounds, or so almost seven thousand dollars, to change her uh, name legally. And worked as an impersonator of Pirates, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> character Jack Sparrow. Uh, she changed her appearance. Oh man, she, yeah. she oh, she's got a little thing for pirates, eh? Yeah, I guess it's that parrot yeah. or that wooden leg. But it, you know, it, well, on the on the beach when or on the oh. boat when she got married to represent her husband, because uh, obviously we couldn't see him in the physical world, right? Because, you know. Unless you throw a sheet over him, I guess. <laughs> but she used a, she had a cross and cross bones, uh, cross and bones uh, flagged to represent him being there. Mm. Crazy lady. lady. Well, would, well, I guess we technically can't call them crazy because yeah, it's just not politically correct now. So what would that be? It, it's Un- a, misunderstood. It, this is what y'all. It's just y'all. You can't have nothing. You can't even have a, a like a husband ghost. What if the ghost is confused and actually is, you know, transitioning into the real if, reality? I mean, I, yeah. I don't understand that. But what if some point the ghost gets up and is like, well, I'm going to the light today. I've had enough of you. Yeah. And just decides I'm out of here. Is that a, is that, is that a death benefit? Is that technically oh, yeah. divorce? Do, does the spouse get alimony? I'm so confused. Yeah. What happens? We need a divorce lawyer <laughs> on the show to talk <laughs> We're about gonna this. We're going to call Ghostbusters, evidently. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have uh, we're going to talk the Christmas story. We're going to read that, and then we're going to have our Christmas movie bracket. Also, Chris Litton from Maple Street Biscuit will be in studio with us. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. We'll be right back. takes a customer three seconds to decide whether to stay or leave your website that's why a crisp clean and user-friendly website is one of the best ways to market and help and grow your business at webmerized web design we offer that and much more they pride themselves in offering their clients professional websites at affordable prices are you a small business no problem we can cater to small businesses by working with their clients every step of the way to meet their needs and expectations their number one goal is to partner with their clients to help and grow their business with a successful website they work for every client no matter the size 
So if you'd like a great website, go to webmerize.com, W-E-B-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D.com, or you could check out their link on the sponsors link of our website. If you mention the word Biggin, you'll get 10% off your website design order. Again, webmerize.com. Check them out. All right, buddy. Um, it's Christmas time. Yeah. Merry uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. <laughs> do you have any uh, Christmas things that you guys do as a family? Uh, well, we've started doing the, a few years ago that like Advent, mm-hmm. and, but it's like a, a some type of adventure or family event. Watch a movie, make cookies, oh, things cool. like that. So we've started doing that. You know, we have. Uh, Every year, we always watch the Christmas story on Christmas or mm-hmm. rerun on TBS. That's yeah. something I've did since I was a child. Yeah, um, yeah little things like that. That's awesome. So Good we deal. do a non we do a non traditional Christmas Day dinner. We'll, this year's we'll, this year we'll probably have steaks. You know, just something mm-hmm. different because we do our big Thanksgiving dinner for friends and family. So yeah, yeah. How about you guys? Uh, we'll go down to uh, the we'll do the Barnes family Christmas. My in laws will go down. We're heading Georgia. out there tomorrow. Yep, down to Georgia, probably maybe close to Lula. So I'll try to go find yeah, our, our folks there. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, then we'll come back on Christmas Day, have dinner with Dad, exchange gifts and that kind of stuff. So cool. going to do that. Um, one of the traditions that we do is uh, sausage balls. Like mm. I oh, love sausage balls. Like I can, good sausage. Balls. I can eat a hundred of them. Man. Yeah, and it, like. The, the ratio for sausage to bisquick. Oh, yeah. it I prefer more sausage than bisquick. Absolutely. It's like crab cake. You want more crab versus the filler. Right. So, it's yeah. called, you know, sausage ball, not, you know, biscuit ball. At least they're not sweaty. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll you know, make those and have those together. Oh, God, you know. so good. Yeah. Please save me a few. Oh, yeah. I'll oh, save I you some. We get some. We get the sausage from Georgia, like from a hot pig. Okay. Um, so... That'll be good. You, good, get it from good a, you get it from a hot pig? You, you know, where the, not a physically hot yeah. pig, just to be clear for those people that are listening, <laughs> that enjoy animals. Anyway, uh, I digress. I enjoy animals too, but usually between now, slices of bread or something. There you, so. <laughs> you know, where they, they butcher the, the hog within 24 hours, right. it's in the right. sort of thing. So that's kind of our oh, man, Christmas tradition. Yeah. So one of the things uh, we are uh, pretty passionate about, very passionate about on just our personal lives is just our faith, and Christmas is that time of year where we we really celebrate the reason for the season. Yeah, we not can to wind, cheesy, wind down and slow down, yeah. calm down, and realize like this is the the kickoff. I I enjoy Christmas. Um, without Christmas, you don't have Easter. But I really Easter for me for my faith is where it's mm-hmm. at. But uh, one thing that we wanted to do is just read the Christmas story, and so you know, gather the family around. Um, you can. Uh, enjoy this maybe with the family together. So we will read from Luke chapter 2 from the message, The Birth of Jesus. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went up from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judea, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the hostel. 
There were the shepherders camping in their neighborhood. They had set the night watch over their sheep, and suddenly God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce the great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is the Messiah and the Master. And this is what you're looking for. A baby, wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into the heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about the child, and all who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything that they have heard and seen. It turned out to be exactly what they've been told. So uh, as that uh, resonates, just take some time, relax, slow down, and understand that this is the birth of the Savior and the Lord. All right, so um, we are going to have some fun. At this point, we have got a... Christmas movie bracket. You mentioned uh, the the Christmas story is one of your favorites. Yes, um, and uh, we have got sixty four <laughs> movies oh, here, boy. here we go. that we're going to go through. So um, you can send all your hate mail to JT. <laughs> that's it. That's what you got to do. Um, I'll I'll leave this on the website if you guys want to. You know, take this and um, play at home. Yeah, do it as a family or something. If like you want, yeah, it's it's Christmas Eve, so you ain't got nothing else to do. Yep. Be with your family, so you might as well do the bracket. All right, so we have got um, in the Chris Kringle category uh, the one seed, It's a Wonderful Life, against 16 seed, Daddy's Home, and this is your personal request, Daddy's Home 2. It's not the first one, it's the second one. Second. What makes the second one so good? Um, I I just think think the uh, stars involved. Actually, a great storyline. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to break it out because i want to challenge people to watch it a friend okay. of mine challenged me to watch it so it's just uh, i think it's a great all great right thing. so out of those two which one are you going to pick um i I'll, I'll i'll admit this i've never seen the whole it's it's a wonderful life all the mm-hmm. way through i've right. never seen it so <laughs> you know the highlights of it so um but i think both of them have such great stories of from, yeah. from that but it's really a toss up. Oh on that boy! One. Yeah, I, I, it's got to be. It's got to be a one, a wonderful life, I guess. Wow, you're gonna throw yours yeah. under the bus. I was about to give it to Daddy's Home too, and I haven't even seen it. <laughs> Just because black and whites, I don't know. But we'll yeah. we'll keep it with. Uh, it's a I wonderful think the life. timeless message of you know uh, of redemption through Wonderful Life. I mean, one, yeah. it's Wonderful Life was not a hit hit movie at the theaters. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it took time to gain traction, but the message just still rings true all this time later. I do, I do like Jimmy Stewart though. I, uh, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. All right. So it's a wonderful life. Not, not an upset there. Doctor Seuss, the 2000 version versus Gremlins. 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 I'm going to go with that. I, Jim Carrey freaks me out on that one. To be honest with you, he freaks me out on a lot of things. <laughs> uh, all right. Home Alone versus 
Four Christmases. Uh, Home Alone. Home Alone is is the winner on that, but Four Christmases is a good movie. I enjoy that. I'm, I'm sure, but you can't you go. Got to watch Home Alone. Uh, yeah, with Macaulay Culkin sm- smacking his face after shaving. Yeah, yeah it's just it's classic. Time, time it's classic. Um, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street versus Babes in Toyland. Well, Miracle on Thirty Thirty Fourth Street. This is the fifty seven nineteen fifty seven version versus the right. the mid eighty or early eighties or okay. was it late eighties? Yeah, I got to go with uh, Miracle. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So that takes care of the the Chris Kringle bracket. We're going to go over to the right hand side. Uh, the number one seed is Elf. Versus now, this is going to be uh, controversial. A 16 seed, Love Actually. That's what you're going with. No, I'm saying uh, that those. That's the that's yeah, the fight. Uh, so it's got to be Elf. I, I agree with you. My wife loves Love Actually, right? But I'm going to have to pull. pull I mean, say love, elf. yeah. Don't be a cotton-headed ninny muggins. <laughs> Careful, this is a family show. <laughs> yeah, it's just a great movie. Yeah, no, it's it's a classic. Um, this one also is going to be a little controversial. Frosty the Snowman, a four seed, over Die Hard, a five seed. I know you got that wrong. It's White Christmas. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, White yeah. Christmas. Sorry. White, White Christmas, Christmas versus Die Hard. As much as I love Die Hard, Ooh. I got to go with White Christmas. Oh. It's all about the message. It's all about uh, doing doing uh, great for others, you know, selfless okay. acts. So I, even though... John McClane does some selfless acts in Die Hard, and he does, you know, Hans Gruber does die his brutal death and <laughs> saves the Takamini Towers. But <laughs> I love Die Hard. Got to go with the White Christmas. For the spirit of Christmas, I will, I will agree with you on White <laughs> Christmas. All right, Frosty the Snowman, uh, the cartoon claymation version, uh, versus I'll Be Home for Christmas. Frosty annoys me. Really? Yeah. Wow. I like the Rudolph claymation. Yeah. Because you got so many like fun characters. But Frosty yep. just seems like a whiner. <laughs> and he can't make it in Florida. That's right. So, all right. So, I'll be home for Christmas. All right. Um, Holiday Inn versus an awful movie, Jingle All the Way. And the Jingle All the Way is with uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. That was probably one of the movies that he probably should have said no to. Yeah, but you know, I think as a, a major star, you everybody has to have a, just like a, a recording artist. They have mm-hmm. to have a Christmas album, right? Got to have you got to have a Christmas movie. That's kind of like your Magnus Opus. So yeah, all right. So so what say you then? Holiday. Inn. I'm going to go with Holiday. And got Fred Astaire. Yeah, that's classic. classic. All right, so that takes care of our Father Christmas bracket. Next, we're going to the Santa Claus bracket. Uh, straight down, a number two seed, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Against Christmas Town, a 15 seed. Uh, yeah, that's got to be uh, National Lampoon's yeah. Christmas Vacation. Yeah, that's a no-brainer on that one. Uh, this is the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas versus the Polar Express. This one could be a tough one. I, I'm going to have to go upset Polar Express. Ooh, Tom Hanks in that freaks me out, though. It like, does. The whole, it does. The whole animation right. to it. But just the, the message of it, you know, I mean... I, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. But that. the Grinch, he had a very tiny heart, and it grew. Right, but unfortunately, uh, any Grinch movie now has been ruined by Jim. Jim. <laughs> Ooh, for that's me, a good so. point. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. Polar we could phone a friend if we have to to, to, to tie break <laughs> it. So. Oh. All right, so we're going to the phones. We're going to call. Tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. It's the tiebreaker call. 
Hey, bro. Hey, uh, Leon, you're on the show. We had a question for you. Okay. Uh, we're doing a, a Christmas movie bracket. Um, we need to know which one you like better. Do you like How the Grinch Stole Christmas from uh, 1966 or Polar Express? How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay. <sighs> That's it. That takes it. All right, <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. So the Grinch. The Grinch won that one. <laughs> You are you went down. All right, so the next one is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer versus This Christmas. Uh, definitely Rudolph. Rudolph, I'm I'm good with that. And then the last one is the Tim Allen uh, The Santa Claus versus the 1994 version of The Miracle on 34th Street. Without a doubt, Santa Claus. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, he was funny in that one. Do you do you like? Did you like Tim the Toolman Taylor? Oh yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I yeah. It it was you couldn't watch a lot of episodes, <laughs> right. but it, you couldn't binge this is the same one. thing. But you know, yeah. it's, it, I, I enjoyed it. All right, so this is the Saint Nicholas uh, bracket on the uh, the East Division. Uh, the number two seed, A Christmas Story versus A Christmas in Connecticut. I mean, you're gonna have to go with the Christmas Story. I'm There's sorry, no, no doubt. Um, all right, so the Muppets Christmas Carol versus Scrooged. I want to go Scrooge. I'm going to go Scrooge too. I you know, I enjoy the Muppets, but Bill you Murray. can only take them so much. Bill and Murray, and that's great. Yeah, you got Rick yeah. Moranis from Ghostbusters. Yeah, right. You got Bill Murray. Yep. Yeah, just a classic. Yeah, it's a good Plus one. The, only him, only uh, Bill Murray could staple a little antlers on the rat's heads. <laughs> <laughs> I am sad Bill Murray is now a University of Louisville fan. I'll say that. Did he get paid? No, no. he's following the coach. Anyway, um, a Charlie Brown Christmas versus A Christmas Carol. Yeah, I've got to go Charlie Brown. Yeah, that's that's a no-brainer as well. Brown Christmas. That's a totally different uh, movie there. <laughs> All right, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas versus Christmas with the Cranks. I've never seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. But I don't think it's too Christmassy. That stuff freaks me out. Like, I forgot. Who's the director on that? Tim Burton. I can't stand Tim Burton. I I just can't do it. I got to do do Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, I will go with Christmas. You could put uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas against Jingle all the way, and I would still choose Jingle all the way. So this one's Christmas with the Cranks. Um, All right. And then we also know somebody with the last name Cranks. So that was good. All right, so let's go back to the uh, Chris Kringle um, quarterfinals. A Wonderful Life versus Gremlins. Uh, Got to go, go Wonderful mm. Life. Yeah, the classic Christmas story. Yeah. All right, and then Home Alone versus Miracle on 34th Street. I got to go Miracle because I still Whoa. cry every time I watch Whoa. it. Yeah. Mm, I think we're going to have to call. We're going to have to make a call. All right. Um, who we got? Uh, let's, let's call my wife. All right. Yes. Hello. This is uh, Biggin, and you're on the show. Oh, okay. Well, hold on one second. <laughs> She's got to get dolled up for yeah. the question. Yeah, she got to put her face on. <laughs> okay, uh, we have a question for you. Yeah, here's, a, here's our tiebreaker on the Christmas movie challenge. Um, Home Alone versus Miracle on 34th Street. Um, Home Alone. Oh, wow. the second upset. All right. Thank you, my dear. 
All right, bye. All right, bye. I didn't a, see that one coming. You you thought you were going to stack the box, and my friend, yeah, it, it backfired. Happen. Yeah. All right, so we'll go back to our Father Christmas bracket. Uh, elf versus White Christmas. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Elf. elf. Yep. I would agree with that one. And then we've got um, Frosty the Snowman versus Holiday Inn. Mm. Mm. Uh, let's go Frosty. Oh, was that right? Frosty Stro- Frosty beat I'll Be Home for Christmas? No, no, I'll Be Home for Christmas. I'll be home. Sorry, my bad. I couldn't read my own writing. So I'll Be Home for Christmas versus Holiday Inn. Uh, Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. All right. All right, down in our Santa Claus bracket, uh, Christmas Vacation versus uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Christmas Vacation all the way. Vacation. I I have a feeling I know how this is going to turn out. (laughs) All right, and then we've got Rudolph versus the the Santa Claus. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. There's something about that claymation reindeer that I I love. I guess let's go reindeer again. Yeah, I'm going Rudolph. All right, and then we've got the Christmas story against Scrooged. Ooh. Christmas story. Story. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. And then a Christmas Brown, uh, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> there we go again. Versus Christmas with the Cranks. Charlie Brown. Brown. I'm going to go with Brown on that one. Okay. Whew. Back to our Chris Kringle. We have got It's a Wonderful Life versus Home Alone. Oh. Uh, Home Alone. You're going to cave on this one then, huh? All right, Home Alone. All right, and then we've got Elf versus Holiday Inn. Definitely Elf. Elf, there we go. Vacation versus Rudolph. Yep. We're not going to need any tiebreakers for that. And then we've got um, A Christmas Story versus The Charlie Brown Christmas. Definitely Christmas Story. Story. Okay. All right, so here we go. This is the final four. Home Alone versus The Christmas Story. And Elf versus Christmas Vacation. Ooh. Mm. All right, so let's tackle. Which one is that? Home Alone Home first. Alone. Yep. Versus a Christmas story. Home right. Alone, you've got high hijinks. Right. Uh, now, let's also keep in mind that a family lost their child and left him at home. But in the Christmas story, you have fa ra 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 ra. Yes. So, and so in the, the sticking your tongue to the pole. Oh yeah. The leg. Yep. I mean, so many wonderful memories. I'm gonna have to. I actually, I'm gonna have to go home alone with this. Christmas story is a one that I I've got to watch mm-hmm. every year. Right. Home alone. I'm like, mm, I can take it or leave it. Right. Uh, well, you've kind of persuaded my feelings on that, so we'll go Christmas story. Okay. Christmas. Christmas story is going to the the dance. Now this is probably the hardest decision I've had to make all day. Mm. Elf versus Christmas Vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <sighs> I gotta go National Lampoon's. Yeah, I've got to as well. I've got to as well. Just because it's it's got so many. I mean, Elf does too, but it's, it just has so many classic one liners. <laughs> yeah. Just Jelly of the Month Club. I mean, just so many things. Buy yourself something real nice, Clark. That's right. Real nice. Um, <laughs> That's right. I'll be sure when we leave next month. Next month? All right. So here we go. The Christmas Story 
versus National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. National Lampoon's. I, I I can't I can't deny it. You're right. So National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, you have won. And hopefully your bracket's matched up with ours, <laughs> or you will not get the prize pack. <laughs> All right. Uh, you already had that cued. You knew how this was going to work out. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I mean, you can't argue with it. It's so no, it's no. such a great movie. Yeah, absolutely. Just from you know the, the searching of the tree to the the two. <laughs> The two bozos in the truck, you know, I mean, just so many, high, so many, so many good little things. Where you know? are you going to put that tree, Clark? That's right. Bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> Don't talk to her that way. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> so many great things. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, congratulations to National Lampoons for making our Christmas movie bracket. You are the official winner. And uh, as Mojo said, I hope yours matched up with ours. If they didn't, let us know. Which one did you like the most? Which one? Um, uh, moves you the most, I guess. All right, so we are going to take a break, and when we come back, Chris Litton from Maple Street Biscuit. I'm excited to have him on. We'll be back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. All right, we are back, and you are listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. As promised, we have Chris Litton uh, in studio with us. And you say, who is Chris? Let me tell you, he is the manager. What, what do you even, what do you call it? So we call ourselves community leaders. Okay. Um, managers tell people what to do, and community leaders change people's lives. Ooh. I'm just not in the business of telling people what to do. I want to impact people, so. All right. So um, he is the community leader of the the infamous Maple Street Biscuit. Yeah. So, Chris, welcome to to the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, first, I want to want to hear a little bit about your story. I know we have kind of a similar uh, shared past in Jacksonville. You you know some of the people I know, mm-hmm. and it was a really small world when you run into somebody and you're like, "He's from Jacksonville." Hey, I'm from Jacksonville. Do you know so and so? Because you know most people are like, "You're not going to understand somebody." or know somebody in a giant city like that. Right. But but we actually do know somebody. Yep. So we know the Yeldells. Shout out to, to Eric. I grew up with him going to church. You know his dad, uh, Bill Yeldell, mm-hmm. uh, pastor at, uh, it, it were, when I was there, it was First Baptist Church Mandarin. So how yeah. do you know Bill? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember where we... Where we met, it may have been through the Jacksonville Baptist Association. Uh, the Jacksonville Baptist Association, just a great association of network of churches working together to advance the kingdom of God. And so um, probably through that relationship, uh, that's where I knew the majority of the pastors in, in Jacksonville. So, okay. Yeah. And what, what were you doing in Jacksonville yes. at the time? So I was working with a church that was in, in the process of being revitalized, and I was mm-hmm. the associate pastor for that church. It w- at one point was... Hyde Park Baptist Church, and then a, uh, a larger church in Fleming Island, South Jacksonville area, okay. take, had taken them over. Um, that sounds so horrible. It but does. Like, that sounds right? awful. Like, but ah, we won. They, this this church that was dying yeah. ultimately, humbly, gave their keys up to a larger church that was healthy mm. and said, hey, we believe that there's still kingdom work to be done here, mm. and so we need help. And so we're going to surrender the keys. 
and, and you're in charge and we're going to trust you and follow you and see what the Lord does. And so uh, that church brought uh, Jimbo Stewart in to be the uh, campus pastor for a season. Uh, still there, I say for a season. Um, and he was there for a year. And Jimbo was my youth pastor back in New Orleans. And so we had a good relationship. Okay. And he, he needed somebody that he could trust. He needed somebody that, that he knew would be detail-minded because mm. uh, he's not at all. I love Jimbo, but he's not. And... Um, and yeah, so he just, but he also needs somebody who was young who didn't need to make a ton of money. So, <laughs> That's usually how it starts, right? Yeah, I mean, so I'm 22 years old, associate pastor, have no idea what I'm doing, but God in his mercy. Uh, we, we got to see that church go from 30 people to 150, 170, and wow. uh, just see a lot of growth in that season, and, and, and it was just a blessed time. And so, yeah, that was there for three years, and I loved every bit of it. Very cool. And just so maybe our listeners might be interested, like how does that process, like if you have a dying church Mm -hmm. and moving them to something that's completely different, maybe something completely foreign to them. Yeah. Yeah, It's probably stagnant. Yeah. And and how, so how was that process? Painful. Uh, The way I I explain uh, replanting and revitalization to people is that it's like, it's like planting a church, but with baggage, Mm -hmm. right? Like you get to Did you guys rebrand it or anything like that? Yeah. We ended up uh, at the, the third year of that process, my second year there, we ended up launching it out autonomously after we got healthy um, to be its own single standing church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was under the name of Redemption Church and so still a part of the SBC and Southern Baptist Convention. So it, it was it was a great process, very healthy, mm-hmm. um, and, and the Lord's still doing some mighty things there. So That's awesome. Cool. That's awesome. So what brought you here to Charlotte? Uh, you shared a little bit of your story before, but yep. tell, tell me the, the full story. Yeah, so um, basically when I committed to Jacksonville, to Pastor Jimbo, I, I committed to three years, and, and he knew there was enough money in the budget to sustain me for a season, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't be forever for there to be multiple full-time people. Now, if this church became two, three, four hundred people, sure, we might be able to do that, yeah. uh, but we just knew it wasn't there. And so when we went into the third year, uh, just talking with the elders and the leadership of the church, like just I was over the budget. Like I knew that it wasn't there long term. So <laughs> yeah. um, just volunteered. Hey guys, I can I can resign now if yeah. you want me to. We can do this for another year. The fulfill fulfill the three years. We could we could like let's just pray. What do we want to do? Yeah. And so we prayed and we, and we pursued it and we felt like the Lord was saying stay there for another year and just and just kind of keep tilling the ground, get the systems in place so that whenever I do step down. Uh, the church would be in a healthy spot and it wouldn't yeah. hurt. And so uh, we did that. Meanwhile, my wife and I are just praying, saying, God, you know, what's next? And uh, we prayed that prayer for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, a question that my wife and I often ask ourselves is, how can we leverage the gospel? How can we put the gospel on display mm-hmm. in this season of life? And so as we're, as we're asking ourselves that, we both desire to have kids um, and uh, we— just at, at this point, we um, are both trying to knock out all of our student loans so that she could be a stay-at-home mom. It's a mm-hmm. desire for us. And so as we're praying through that, um, somehow we get information about the foster care system. And so we end up going to a, um, a, a class about foster care, and um, it was just a, a moment where, like, this is what the Lord's leading us to do. And so we, we, we went through several months of training and ended up, uh, getting certified in, in Florida to be foster parents. We get two kids that come into our house in the summer of 2017. Uh, and it was a great time. Loved hanging out and, and being able to foster and parent and shepherd uh, mm-hmm. the, the hearts of those of those children that needed um, just a, a temporary mom and dad. Uh, but it was through that process that we had one little one, uh, um, two years old, it was in daycare. Uh, I met 
he had two kids that were in his class that were also also foster students, mm-hmm. um, foster kids, and and so I was I met their mother who was a single mom, never before been married, and just felt like God had called her to be a foster parent. So my wife and her became really good friends. We became family friends and mm-hmm. just built a relationship. And over the a, a period of time, um, still, we're just praying. This is like seven, eight, nine months long. We're praying wow. this prayer, God, what's next? And this relationship's yeah. happening. This is what God's doing this season. And then all of a sudden, she invites us over to, the, to her house for an adoption party. And uh, so we go over there. We celebrate. She adopted Franklin. Oh, wow. And um, we're celebrating that. And at the same time, it was there that I met her father. Scott Moore, who's the founder and CEO of Maple Street. And, oh, wow. And it's like the Lord just orchestrated all this, brought it all together. Um, he kept us in Jacksonville for a season. We needed to be foster parents for these kids for, yeah. for a season. Um, they needed a home, a safe place, but but the Lord was also preparing our next steps and bringing the right people into our life so that mm. we could make those connections. And, and so they gave us several options, four or five different cities that we could go to, and we prayed, and, and we continued to pursue the Lord, and we just felt like, Ultimately, that Charlotte and, and the Concord area in, in particular was a, a family community. And we really mm-hmm. wanted, we didn't want to go to a tourist community where, you know, people be in and out. We wanted to build relationships with people. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's where ministry happens is, is through relationships. And so Concord just made sense for us. And that's where we've been. Yeah. Well, shout out, um, a ton of respect for those foster families and, mm-hmm. and people that are doing that. So yeah. you, have um, to, you have to have a special mindset, heart open to that. I mean, not yeah. everyone's cut. Yeah, for that, for sure. My, my my wife and I often joke about how that that season sanctified us more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. We realized we were more sinners than we realized we were before. Like, it was just, yeah. You were. It was easier to let a couple words fly during for that sure. season, right? For sure. <laughs> um, well, going to that and, and talking about that, like, wh- where are those kids at now? Are you still connected with them? Yeah. So we, uh, when we transitioned out of Florida, we had to go. Um, we, obviously, they couldn't hear this become here because I, I hate the phrase, but they were property of the state of Florida, and sure. so they had yeah. to stay in the state. And so we were working through the um, uh, uh, the Florida Baptist Children's Home, and mm. so there was another family that was in part of that home. Strong That's believers cool. had three or four kids already that were their own biological, and so we were able to um, transition them into that house. And yeah. it ended up honestly being an even better situation awesome. for them because they were in a little cul-de-sac where there were like 12 <laughs> other kids in the neighborhood and they got to play and grow and, yeah. and uh, saw, saw them kind of grow up. And cool. uh, just recently they moved in with uh, grandparents and uh, still kind of FaceTime. They've got an older brother who's about 12 or 13 years old I get to see. Cool. Uh, he's got a phone. Everybody has a phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but but he's, he let me FaceTime the other day whenever a uh, little brother, the two-year-old, who's now four, Wow. Uh, had a birthday uh, oh, in November, cool. and so uh, yeah, they're doing well. Um, they're they're growing up and um, and they're going to church. Praise the Lord! Awesome, so. very cool. I noticed uh, one of the things that you guys did when you first opened up mm-hmm. was open it up for foster families and things like that. So yeah. that's something that's instilled in the the values of Maple Street. Yeah, absolutely. So Maple Street has a mission to help people serve others and be a part of the community, and none of that has anything to do with food. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like, yeah, like food is what we do, but it's not why we do it. We, do. Cool. we do what we do so that we can be a part of changing people's lives. And um, every community store is different. And so not every community store is going to serve their community the same way because mm-hmm. the needs in every community are different. Yeah. And so because of that, they leave it up to the community leader to discern the needs of the community. Uh, but they also leave it up to the, to the, to the community leader to 
to lead in ways that they're passionate about, right? So obviously mm-hmm. foster care is something that's, that's dear to my heart and my, my family's heart. And so as we're, you know, we're excited to open up this new store. We want to, we want to, you know, from the very beginning say, Hey, we're here to serve this community. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we have intentions to, to, for, for relationships, not transactions. Right. And that's yeah. what we're here for. And so because of that, uh, as I was just pr- praying and processing through, you know, what can we do that do? What could be our first hoorah <laughs> to start that off with? We, uh, started thinking about just how, how the Lord brought me here and how foster care played such a, a, a special part of that. And so um, I reached out to um, Thompson Children Family Home okay. Services and, and reached out to them and said, hey, I, I just kind of told them my story and Maple Street's story and said, I, I really just want the first meals we serve to be free. And mm-hmm. I want them to be to foster families. And I want them to, to hear my heart and to hear them just know that there is a, a community store in their community that loves them, mm-hmm. uh, that is for them, that has walked that journey and is willing to walk it with them if they need help. And so uh, we were able to do that. We got to serve, I think, 40, 50 guests, and it was just wow. a sweet time. So, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, it, one of the things I love about your store, talking about serving people and just being part of the community, is you have a giant community table. Yeah. And, and most of your tables are just really long where yeah. you have to – elbow up against somebody yep. and talk to somebody. And, and I may have been there once or, you know, 15 times, and, you know, <laughs> like rubbing elbows with people, like you yeah. get to hear their stories yep. and you talk to people. And, yep. and at first, like you think it's awkward, like, cause I'm the introvert. I don't want to talk or whatever. Right. And, uh, but then you start hearing their stories and you start talking. And then by the end of the time we leave, like half the time, I'm like, all right, buddy, you know, giving high fives, hugs, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I love that about the store is, yeah. is just, it brings people together. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the way it's designed to be. Every single one of our stores has a uh, eight foot round circle table, mm. uh, community table. Uh, we've also got one that's long that seats fourteen. I only have two two seaters in my entire store, <laughs> and I'm trying to get rid of them. Like, I want to build like bench high like coffee t- table lights where like six people have to sit side by side and have conversations. Yeah. I we we really want to build relationships. We think that relationships matter, and we live mm. in a day and age where people are so disconnected yeah. uh, that we really want to be able to provide a space in our community for people to, to, to be able to get to know one another, yeah. people that maybe they didn't, they didn't know, or maybe they wouldn't have taken an opportunity to get to know had they not, had they had the option to just sit at a two seater or a four seater. Yeah. And so because of that, we really are, are intentional about that. But also, I mean, every day, Monday through Saturday, we're open. Um, our team gets there at 6 a.m. We open and start selling food at 7. Wow. But at 6 a.m., uh, we actually um, give our coffee out for free for that whole first hour for people mm. that are doing like Bible studies or business meetings or, or they're just trying to come get their mind right for the day. Right? they mm. got a busy day ahead of them. I'll um, see you tomorrow at 6. Come on, my man. <laughs> so we, we just really want to be able to be a place and provide a space for our community to gather. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. It seems like the more the more connected we are, like, you know, the technology and social medias and things like that, the more disconnected we are with, with actual human interaction. Yeah. yeah. So. And it's odd that it's taking, and I don't want to say fast food because you guys aren't, but it's like, you know, fast, restaurant, ca- fast casual, yeah. fast casual restaurants like Chick-fil-A, you know, does the put your phone away. We'll give you free yep. dessert or something don't like they that. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Where have I been on this? <laughs> yeah. Ask them for like a little box. They'll give you a paper box. Oh, really? It's great. Put nice. your phone in, get get free dessert. But it's it's you know getting people 
disconnected mm-hmm. from their phone so that they can reconnect mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's sad almost in a way that that's where we're at, but, yeah. but you know, kudos to those companies that are doing that. Yeah, just in the last week I've, uh, I've, uh, I haven't like deleted my Facebook, but I've, uh, I think, I don't know what it's called, Facebook, I've de- oh, deactivated it, right? Yeah. And it's been the most, like the greatest week of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't need it. Yeah. But, but I think I do, right? Like I get in an awkward moment where I don't know somebody and rather than, t- you know, talking to them at the bank, I'd rather just pull my phone out and scroll through the same 13 pictures I've already seen, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. And, but I don't need that. And yeah. so, and do that. If listen, if it wasn't for the stupid podcast, I would just get get rid of my smartphone and just get the Razor flip phone and yeah. go back to that. Because oh my gosh, I've got, I've got a friend that tried to do that. It costs more than a smartphone right now. Yeah, yeah, it, does. it really yeah. does. Isn't that sad? Good, it nice, because they know. But they you know, know you, you talk about it's not just about the transaction. Yeah, but it is actually about the transaction because tran- relationships are transactional. Right. That's how you that's how you form them. Right, mm-hmm. someone has something you need that's. Either a friendship or a mm-hmm. voice or a ear to, or a shoulder to lean on, you're looking for that transaction. Right. So, right. It's, it's just a, another different type of transaction yeah. that may not involve through, dollars. Yeah, transaction through through the gift of service rather sure. than through the exchange of money and currency. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Like, like we're not there for transactional purposes; we're there for le- relational purposes. But yes, in the transaction of a relationship, hundred percent. Yeah, but money is also nice to pay the bills. <laughs> it, it becomes a. Uh, Unnecessary evil. We're supposed to be uh, of in the world, not of the world. But right. you gotta you gotta pay your yeah. bills still, That's too, right? right? For sure. For sure. Um, so let's talk about the business. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I need you to do, mm-hmm. though, legitimately. To pre- prevent me from cussing so much, can you figure out a way to make that parking lot a little bit better? Because that <laughs> thing has got has owned me. Every time I pull up and I'm at the stoplight, I'm already looking for a, for a parking space. Imagine driving my truck and trying yeah. to park in there. You yeah. need to park across the street at Lytle and walk over. Uh, is what you need to do. I have to, I have to park at Concord Mills and get an Uber. <laughs> so. I've seen people literally park at Kohl's and walk over. Yeah, it's like, crazy. Sorry, guys. Especially on Saturdays, it's not. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. When I go in there, I mean, it is packed, yeah. and rightfully so, because yeah. I love the food. I mean, I'm a big – and here's the problem, though. I'm, I'm trying to do better for January, uh-huh. so I'm like, ah, crap. That's the one thing i got to give away. So hopefully I'll come in for a salad. Right. Something we'll make, semi-healthy. We'll, we'll make, I've already told you I've already mastered the keto biscuit. So we'll do that. Can we'll you bring, do some keto biscuits? We'll, we'll bring them in there for you, and then you I, can kind of. I refuse to do a keto biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's I have respect for no, a man that no, refuses look, I, to do I, a keto. I biscuit. love biscuits. Trust me, I, it's one of those dreams of sitting in a bathtub just smothered in biscuits. You know? <laughs> my wife made so many this past weekend for my birthday party. Uh, yeah. We could still. I, those are good. We could fit in that. Fit that. Make that happen. Yeah. Put you in a tub. Yeah, those are those are good. Was that was that a recipe? Was that homemade? Oh no, those were uh, frozen. Yeah, well, they they were pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. But not as good as Maple Street. So mm-hmm. tell us a, a little bit about mm-hmm. what your food is. Yeah, and things like that. So we've got we've got four principles, right? And the very first one is comfort food with a modern twist that's made consistently. And so we're in the South. You know, comfort food is biscuits and gravy, mm-hmm. chicken. Everybody's had a chicken biscuit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you haven't had a chicken biscuit with. Uh, um, fried goat cheese medallion, sweet house-made pepper jelly on top of it. You got to go to Maple Street to get that. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's that's important for us is to be able to to have that that um, come through the modern twist to it. It looks so, familiar but different. Exactly, yeah. and so familiar enough for you to say, "Huh, let's go check that out." And then you know, different enough for you to go, "Yeah, that's the only place I can go to get that. I want. Right. I want that." Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and so you've done that. You've you've got this biscuit, French toast 
thing right going on. Yep. I, I, every time I say I'm going to get it, but then I always chicken out and I get the fried chicken biscuit mm-hmm. and I never do. But right. tell us about that. So the biscuit Frenchie, it, it may actually be pronounced Frenchie, but <laughs> when, when I've got to yell it back to the grill to drop it, I, I, yeah. I'm not able to get the accent and right. high, yeah. high enough. As long as you do. <laughs> You're all right. <laughs> no, but the biscuit Frenchie, we, uh, we take our iced cinnamon biscuit, which has Hershey cinnamon chips inside of the biscuit, oh, which geez. is phenomenal. I didn't know Hershey cinnamon chips were a thing. I didn't yeah, either. I, that's, I'm going to the yeah, store now. Mind blown. Good luck. You got Good luck finding them at the store, man. Amazon. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Um, but we take that biscuit and we dip it in our house-made French toast batter. We throw it on the grill and then we uh, top it with strawberries, whipped cream, and a side of maple syrup. And I'll tell you what, like I, I didn't grow up with French toast. I didn't, honestly, I grew up in New Orleans. I didn't grow up with biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. But but like our French toast, that like it is so good. My team took about two or three months to try because they were trying all the other great yeah. things on the menu, right? And then they got to that and they were like, wow. This is good. Yeah. Because I've got several people that like, especially on Saturday, like a lot of our young ladies that work, like our high school um, stu- um, students that work for us, mm-hmm. that's the only thing they'll get. Sounds like you need to have Wilford Brimley as your spokesperson for the diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> the sugars. <laughs> the sugars that killed uh, me, mama. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's packed. You guys are like, I'll go in and I'll think, hey, this will be a weird time that nobody goes. But no, it's it's always packed. And, yeah. and I'm so thankful for that because, yeah. you know, I want you guys to succeed. You guys came from Jacksonville. We we went to the original Maple Street, mm-hmm. and then my dad got connected to the one in Mandarin, and just love you guys. And then yeah. when we were here, we we're like, holy cow! Yeah. But I want you guys to succeed. Yeah. One because your food is fantastic. Uh, I'll never lose weight because of it. Uh, but then two, like your your heart and your passion just comes yeah. out, even just being there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, that, and that's the thing. The the people on my team. I'm so blessed. I have a great team mm-hmm. right and they they love serving people well and they love to serve people the majority of my team uh really and true truth truly um like, like they want to serve and be the hands and feet of christ right mm-hmm. and so they see it that way they have that mindset the majority of my team and so um it, it's just a joy to go to work and, and, and to work together and serve our community yeah so let's be honest like you guys are the a team and then chick-fil-a is like the b team right <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> uh, there's very few times where I've been there and somebody hasn't come in to check in to say, right. hey, what can we get you? What we can do for you? Yeah. And so that's been really nice, too, just yeah. to, to see that service in action. Yeah. Part, I mean, part of my role as a community leader is really and truly truly to spend about 80 to 90 percent of my day on the floor with our guests. Mm-hmm. Um because if I'm not with with the community, how can I know the needs of the community? How can we figure out what the community needs um, are? And so because of that, um, my role is to, is to sit there and, and, yeah, check in, what's going on, with, you know, how's your meal, how's everything? But also, like, how's your life? You know, what, mm-hmm. what's going on in your heart? Like, how's your day going? How's your week going? And, you know, there's been times where the Lord has provided opportunities for me to get to pray with guests and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just – and then also getting a follow up when you have those regular guests, like, hey, I remember we talked about that, you know, a few weeks ago. How's, oh, wow. how's that going now? Uh, that's been really cool too. Very cool. How? I guess so. I guess Maple Street was founded in Jacksonville. Yes. Okay. So I guess get a little context of that because mm-hmm. I'm not aware. I mean, I know that you guys are growing. Yep. But uh, how, yeah. how so, did it really start? And, and it's a great story. Um, so we've got Mr. Scott and Mr. Gus. Um, Mr. Scott. I hope he doesn't hear this. I think he's in his sixties. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> if you're not, I'm sorry, Mr. Mr. Scott. Uh, Gus is a younger guy. Uh, Mr. Scott's been in the business world for a while, um, 
and, and been done well, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Gus is a young guy. He's got two or three uh, kids. he got another on the way. He does construction, and then the market crashes, and so he's out, he's out of a job. Mm. Uh, Mr. Scott, I believe, was working with Winn-Dixie, I believe, and he ended up um, – they got bought out, mm-hmm. and he had the opportunity of basically being able to have the same job, but instead of being over a lot of people, being over a few people, and making you know the same, if not more, money because it was a, a, a new company mm-hmm. that, that had taken him over. Uh, so I just had a lot of opportunities there, but he's like, I really don't want to coast into glory. Uh, and so Scott and Gus go to the same church, um, and, and, and so as Scott's thing, I don't want to coast in glory. This is my last season of life. Scott is actually discipling um, Mr. Gus, and, and so they are meeting weekly, and Gus, being a young guy with kids and, and no job, saying, what do I do? Mr. Scott, being a, an older businessman, has like five ideas in his back pocket, <laughs> um, and one of those was biscuits and gravy, and he mentioned it to uh, Gus, and Gus came back the next week and said, hey, I, I really want to run with that biscuits and gravy idea. And, um, so Scott, not really thinking that that would ever be a good idea. Like it was an idea, but never really wanted to see it, you know, necessarily come to fruition. Uh, he said, well, here's the deal. Go home, uh, pray with your wife and, and come back next week. And if she's on board, we'll do it. And he said this literally thinking that she would never be on board. Mm-hmm. But he comes back the next week and she's like, he's like, yeah, we're, she's gung ho. We're, we're on board. And so he's like, man, I made a deal. Now I got to do it. Like, <laughs> and so they, they basically decided to uh, open up the first store in San Marco. And the, and the, and the idea was that Gus would be the community leader there and it would be a one store, you know, one, that, that was it. And uh, Scott was going to be in the picture for about six months to help kind of establish Gus and, 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 and Maple Street in the community of San Marco. And then got, Mr. Scott was going to go do something else and let, you know, Gus just be able to provide for his family in a good way. Um, about a week or two in, they realized that this was something bigger than mm-hmm. just a one store, that this was an opportunity for, for uh, them to make an impact uh, that would outlive them. And mm-hmm. so they uh, called a few friends that they had worked with um, and uh, got some more help and uh, started quickly um, trying to figure out how do we scale this. And then one of the things they did early on is they actually opened up a store in Tennessee uh, within about the first year, year and a half. Mm. Uh, Mr. Scott had a friend, a family friend who, um, similar situation, lost a job, didn't really know what to do, um, was interested in this idea of, Ma- of Maple Street Biscuit Company, and um, he's a strong leader. So Mr. Scott trusted him, and so he sent him. Uh, they, they started a store in Tennessee, and it opened up, and it was slow at first because it was a new market. It was very different, uh, but it's grown, and it's one of mm. our better stores now. And so um, – yeah, and so very quickly they just realized this was something that that, that had a chance, that had life, and so uh, we in November we celebrated six years. So we've got thirty one stores now, and wow. um, it's been a, wow. lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, very cool. As a former restaurateur, it is it's just hard to keep. I mean, for business wise, dollars wise, yeah. to to do a breakfast and lunch yeah. only type of business. Yeah. I mean, so that's tough. And also, you guys are not in the cheap rent districts either. <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, you know, it, it's important for us to have quality, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and people are blown away when they realize how much of our stuff is truly made from scratch. I mean, mm-hmm. we have no, you know, add water and milk to this and it'll fluff up and be pretty, right? Like yeah. it is, it is, you know, take bare ingredients, throw them together, work hard all day long. And, and we constantly have somebody who's making things fresh mm-hmm. from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and that adds up too, right? Like it'd be cheaper to, to do a water biscuit 
mix, right? Like yeah. It would be. Yeah, but you may not have people coming two or three days a week either. <laughs> <laughs> True. And so, uh, you know, but but it's it's a, we think it's worth it. And so, yeah, our, our prices, you know, people are like, $9 for a biscuit sandwich. Time out. You're about to get a flaky biscuit that mm-hmm. by itself is two and a half inches tall, yeah. uh, a four-ounce piece of chicken that's all natural and fried and a really good batter, uh, melted cheddar cheese, uh, house-made from scratch sausage gravy that's mm-hmm. got thick chunks of sausage in it. And shiitake mushrooms. And shiitake mushroom for, for our vegetarians. All, all you right? got to do, do is say, shut up. You, you won't be eating for lunch anyway. So right, exactly. Much, yeah. yeah, I mean, cornwood smoked bacon, throw an egg on top of it. Like, this is enough to fill you up all day yeah. yeah and it's enough calories for all day too <laughs> yeah unfortunately <laughs> awesome um what's been one of your your greatest um i don't want to say memories but like one of you one mm-hmm. of the, or like a really powerful moment yeah where you've been at the store and and god's really moved or yeah. something that's you know moved in your heart yeah um this past thanksgiving we uh we every day we have a young lady named mayo that started an organization called Need Meter Charlotte. And she has found a homeless community that she serves. Um, she actually goes into the woods and, and has found a tent city where mm-hmm. uh, some just homeless neighbors in Charlotte have set up set up shop, and this is their home. And so mm-hmm. she's gone, goes to them every day. She picks up some of our biscuits that are left over from the day before, and she brings them mm-hmm. um, some biscuits. And so, um, But we've, we wanted to bring them in. We were trying to figure mm-hmm. out what could we do, how could we how could we we can do more and we can do better than, than just giving them leftover day old biscuits. Like, yeah. like they're, they're, they're creating the image of God. They're worth more than that. hundred sure. percent. And so we're, we're talking with her and we've got this idea of, Hey, let's do, let's do Thanksgiving, like give them a full on Thanksgiving meal. And so we worked with like five or six other churches. Uh, and then uh, I think need meters and, and maybe one other organization. And we all just worked like for about a month. Or in, and we had a lot of donations from local grocery stores and, and different things and restaurants as well. And we ended up, I think, busting in about 40, 45 of our homeless neighbor guests. And then we also had about 40 or 50 volunteers. Mm. It was literally one-to-one interaction. We just got to have mm. people sit around a table and say, hey, what's your story? Right? Yeah. And that's what Maple Street's about, right? Yeah. And, and, and we got to give them the Maple Street guest experience. And they got way better food. Like, our food's really good at the store. But they've got, I mean, they we our team, and I love the fact that, that my team was excited mm. to uh, roast some turkeys, right? Like, to, to, to mash potatoes and yams and everything from scratch. And, and, like, after they had worked a 12-hour day, they're like, wow. all right, now we need to close shop and really have some fun, right? Like, wow. And that was just that's a, really a cool. sweet moment where... Uh, we we had a picture wall uh, or a uh, one of those like where you could like there's a backdrop and we took let them take pictures mm-hmm. and we printed you know uh, it printed immediately and so they yeah. were able to take these pictures and it's just a cool moment where that's awesome I got to see a, a I got to see the church come together mm-hmm. and and be the church and serve in a unique way it was a lot of fun very cool awesome um, so if people want to come by and stop at the store how can they experience and become a maple street guest yeah so we're open monday through saturday seven to uh two o'clock and uh, our address is eight nine two one christenberry parkway concord north carolina two eight zero two seven uh we're across the street from the new Lidl, Lidl, whatever it's pronounced mm-hmm. uh near the bad daddy's burgers just in that section uh to, right before uh, where the earth fair is yeah with yeah. the 
$18 asparagus infused water. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. But also, but also they can go to the website and find the other locations nearest to them too. Yeah. Also. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. what maplestreetbiscuit.com, I guess. Maplestreetbiscuits.com. Yeah. We've got, I think like 18 stores in Florida, you know, four or five in Georgia, two in South Carolina. Mm. We've got one here in North Carolina, but that's as of right now, we've got more uh, in the pipeline for sure. Yeah. Is there going to be another one close by? Yeah, we wanted to open up one down in South Park, and we just had some issues with the permitting process. Mm. I think they they may end up continuing to pursue that one. Um, uh, who knows? I mean, I'm just going to say downtown Concord might need one. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> with a bigger parking lot. Just, just do delivery. Oh, yeah. yeah there Uber, we go. Just Uber eat it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. I really appreciate in. it. Love love your heart and love the company's yeah. art. So thank you awesome. guys, I appreciate yeah, thank you. you all. Thank God you. Be blessed. All right, so Chris, thanks uh, again for coming on. Uh, listen, I, I got to be honest with you all. If you're in the Concord area, or if you're in any one of the close to the 31 stores of Maple Street Biscuit, do yourself a favor this Christmas holiday. You know, leave your family and just immediately stop <laughs> what you're doing and go get a Maple Street Biscuit because they not only do they have biscuits, but they have chicken they've got salads my my mother-in-law eats the salads so many wonderful things right. it's delicious and their coffee's good too so oh and they also have like a variation of cold teas and hot teas i think too yeah. so yeah it's just so. A, it's just a unique concept yep and uh it's kind of fun and also knowing some of the story now you kind of want to get back to them yeah so. no doubt all right so that wraps up the show here yeah we appreciate you tuning in as always uh please go to our itunes google play stitcher iHeartRadio or the Spotify. You can find us there at Southern Fry Philosophy or SFP Radio. Um, give us a subscribe, a like, a review would be awesome. We'd pre- really appreciate that. And thanks for everyone who's tuning in uh, via those apps. Uh, you can go to our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. You can also find us at Facebook, Southern Fry Philosophy, the Twitters and Instagram, SFP Radio, patreon.com slash SFP Radio, and also our YouTube at youtube.com forward slash SFP Radio. As always, guys, we really appreciate you listening to us on your drive home, ride, bathroom break, whatever. There you go. And as always, keep looking up. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, We will be off for two weeks, and then we will be back ready to go. Uh, Enjoy your holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year from the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. See you next year. (laughs) 